Chapter Twenty Two of Glinda of Oz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. Glinda of Oz by L. Frank Baum. Chapter Twenty Two: The Sunken Island. As soon as they had breakfasted the next morning, Glinda and the wizard and the three adepts went down to the shore of the lake and formed a line with their faces toward the submerged island. All the others came to watch them, but stood at a respectful distance in the background. At the right of the sorceress stood Auda and Aura, while at the left stood the wizard and Auja. Together they stretched their arms over the water's edge and in unison. The five chanted a rhythmic incantation. This chant they repeated again and again, swaying their arms gently from side to side, and in a few minutes the watchers behind them noticed that the lake had begun to recede from the shore. Before long, the highest point of the dome appeared above the water. Gradually, the water fell, making the dome appear to rise. When it was three or four feet above the surface, Glinda gave the signal to stop. For their work had been accomplished. The blackened submarine was now entirely out of water, but Uncle Henry and Captain Bill managed to push it into the lake. Glinda, the wizard, Ervic, and the adepts got into the boat, taking with them a coil of strong rope, and at the command of the sorceress, the craft cleaved its way through the water towards the part of the dome which was now visible. There's still plenty of water for the fish to swim in. Observed the wizard as they rode along, "They might like more, but I'm sure they can get along until we have raised the island and can fill up the lake again." The boat touched gently on the sloping glass of the dome, and the wizard took some tools from his black bag and quickly removed one large pane of glass, thus making a hole large enough for their bodies to pass through. Stout frames of steel supported the glass of the dome, and around one of these frames. The wizard tied the end of a rope. "I'll go down first," said he, "for while I'm not as spry as Cap'n Bill, I'm sure I can manage it easily. Are you sure the rope is long enough to reach the bottom?" "Quite sure," replied the sorceress. So the wizard let down the rope and, climbing through the opening, lowered himself down, hand over hand, clinging to the rope with his legs and feet. Below, in the streets of the village, were gathered all the skeezers, men, women, and children, and you may be sure that Ozma and Dorothy, with Lady Oryx, were filled with joy that their friends were at last coming to their rescue. The Queen's palace, now occupied by Ozma, was directly in the center of the dome, so that when the rope was let down, the end of it came just in front of the palace entrance. Several skeezers held fast to the rope's end to steady it. And the wizard reached the ground in safety. He hugged first Ozma and then Dorothy, while all the skeezers cheered as loud as they could. The wizard now discovered that the rope was long enough to reach from the top of the dome to the ground when doubled. So he tied a chair to one end of the rope and called to Glinda to sit in the chair, while he and some of the skeezers lowered her to the pavement. In this way, the sorceress reached the ground quite comfortably. And the three adepts and Ervic soon followed her. 
The skeezers quickly recognized the three adepts at magic, whom they had learned to respect before their wicked queen betrayed them, and welcomed them as friends. All the inhabitants of the village had been greatly frightened by their imprisonment under water, but now realized that an attempt was to be made to rescue them. Glinda, the wizard, and the adepts followed Ozma and Dorothy into the palace, and they asked Lady Oryx and Ervic to join them. After Ozma had told of her adventures in trying to prevent war between the Flatheads and the Skeezers, and Glinda had told all about the rescue expedition and the restoration of the three adepts by the help of Ervic, a serious consultation was held as to how the island could be made to rise. "'I've tried every way in my power,' said Ozma. "'But coo used a very unusual sort of magic which I do not understand. She seems to have prepared her witchcraft in such a way that a spoken word is necessary to accomplish her designs, and these spoken words are known only to herself.' "'That is a method we taught her,' declared Aura the adept. "'I can do no more, Glinda,' continued Ozma. "'So I wish you would try what your sorcery can accomplish.' First, then,' said Glinda, "'let us visit the basement of the island, which I am told is underneath the village.' A flight of marble stairs led from one of coo private rooms down to the basement, but when the party arrived all were puzzled by what they saw. In the centre of a broad, low room stood a mass of great cogwheels, chains, and pulleys, all interlocked and seeming to form a huge machine, but there was no engine or other motive power to make the wheels turn. "'This, I suppose, is the means by which the island is lowered or raised,' said Ozma. "'But the magic word which is needed to move the machinery is unknown to us.' The three adepts were carefully examining the mass of wheels, and soon the golden-haired one said, "'These wheels do not control the island at all. On the contrary, one set of them is used to open the doors of the little rooms where the submarines are kept, as may be seen from the chains and pulleys used. Each boat is kept in a little room with two doors, one to the basement room where we are now, and the other letting into the lake.' When coo used the boat in which she attacked the Flatheads, she first commanded the basement door to open, and with her followers she got into the boat and made the top close over them. Then the basement door being closed, the outer door was slowly opened, letting the water fill the room to float the boat, which then left the island, keeping under water. "'But how could she expect to get back again?' asked the wizard." Why, the boat would enter the room filled with water, and after the outer door was closed, a word of command started a pump, which pumped all the water from the room. Then the boat would open, and coo could enter the basement. "'I see,' said the wizard. "'It is a clever contrivance, but won't work unless one knows the magic words.' "'Another part of this machinery,' explained the white-haired adept, is used to extend the bridge from the island to the mainland. The steel bridge is in a room much like that in which the boats are kept, and at coo command it would reach out, joint by joint, until its far end touched the shore of the lake. 
the same command would make the bridge return to its former position. Of course the bridge could not be used unless the island was on the surface of the water. But how do you suppose Kuio managed to sink the island and make it rise again? inquired Glinda. This the adepts could not yet explain. As nothing more could be learned from the basement, they mounted the steps to the Queen's private suite again, and Ozma showed them to a special room where Koio kept her magical instruments and performed all her arts of witchcraft. End of chapter twenty two. The Sunken Island.